Morning, Day Spring Church. It's good to be back with you this morning and love what God's doing in here doing here in the church. And Sal and I are also very encouraged with what he's doing in the churches. We've been spending a lot of time in the churches that we relate to and every place is experiencing a significant move of God right now. And that's just, that's incredible. Just incredible. Aren't you enjoying taking communion? I love the way we're doing that every week. You're doing it right now. Go for it. Again and again. So you're going to hear, hear my favorite communion story. So we all have images when we're growing up of certain things that impacted our life. I, I was raised in Kenya, a mission station called Kijabi. And one of the beauties of that place is it was cool a lot of the time. Well, the missionaries would gather to have communion along with all the kids from the school pretty regularly. Sometimes late at night, we'd have an all-night prayer meeting, and around midnight, people would, would take communion. Just part of growing up. And so this particular lady was charged with getting the communion ready, and she forgot to buy grape juice. So she thought she could get away with just putting some kind of purple jello and mixing up real thin, and then that would be our communion wine. Well, this was a particularly cold night at Kijabi. And it came time for let's take the cup. And I'm only about this high. But I have a vivid memory of everybody in the room. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> Don't use yellow for communion. Oh. It is really a privilege to, to share with you this morning. And this is kind of the summing up of the art or preached through Ephesians, one of our favorite books. And when you're the one summing up and you haven't been here a lot of the time, you kind of have free reign. So I want to do something a little bit different this morning. It's one of my favorite aspects of the book of Ephesians. Derek talked about in Christ being the central theme, and it absolutely is. But one of the great benefits of being in Christ is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I want to look at the, the revelation of the Holy Spirit through each of the six chapters of Ephesians. So, Father, I'm just asking that you would make this morning not information, but revelation. Touch our hearts with a depth of revelation of what you're doing and what you're about to do. And we declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 1. In Him, also after listening to the message of truth of the gospel, your salvation, also having believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Turn to your neighbor and say, you were sealed in Him. You were sealed in Christ. You were sealed in Christ. You were sealed in Him by the Holy Spirit. The sealing work of the Holy Spirit is an incredibly important part of who we are. 
Now, obviously, we first hear the message and we respond to that message, but having responded to the message, there's something happens to you. There's a seal that's put on you. There's a mark that's put on you. And that mark is a mark of ownership. This word in, in Greek is used of the stamp that of the head of whatever sovereign is put on a coin, and that stamp validates that coin or says that coin is genuine. The stamp of the Holy Spirit, the seal of the Holy Spirit on your life is what marks it as genuine. The seal of the Holy Spirit is what marks you as being in Christ. The work of the Holy Spirit is what marks you as being a citizen of the kingdom that extends the kingdom of God. You need the seal of the Holy Spirit. Now, we, we know that we receive the Holy Spirit when we accept Christ. Nobody comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws us. But we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit so that that mark, that seal, is visible to us and visible to those around us. You're authenticated by the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Let's just push that one more step to the next verse. Who is given as a pledge of our inheritance <laughs> with a view to the redemption of God's own possession. That word pledge is used primarily as down payment. God put a down payment on you. Phil and I flip house, flipped a lot of houses, and when you walk into a house you're going to flip, it's often in a mess. But the ability to make money flipping houses is the ability to walk in and see it finished. And when you see, can see it finished, then you put a down payment on it. The down payment means... I want that. The Holy Spirit in you is, and I want that. It's a promise of something. His pledge, his, the Holy Spirit given to you is God saying, I want him, her, then. Too many of us are wondering if we're acceptable to God even after we receive Christ. But he gave you a pledge. And the pledge says, I want them. I want you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he put a down payment on you. It was not a grudging, I've got to put up with them. It was not a Maybe we can hopefully get them sorted out. It's an I want them. If you're in this room this morning and you're not sure that he wants you, you need to hear this right now. Push that one step further. The word pledge has come to mean in modern Greek, it's the engagement ring. The Holy Spirit is God's engagement ring to you. He, he, he. he wants you. He sees you finished. He doesn't see you with all the stuff you've 
still feel like you want to deal with. He sees you. He sees you finished. He's put a down payment on you, and he's put an engagement ring on your finger saying, he's mine, she's mine, they're mine. We're just in the first chapter of Ephesians. If you need to know that truth, stand you quickly right now. Holy Spirit, come right around this room. Father, would you seal us with a pledge of your promise? Father, you don't see us in what we see as our brokenness. You see us through the finished work of your Son. You put the stamp of your identity on us, and you call us finished. <laughs> and Father, your Holy Spirit is that engagement ring of promise. Father, we release it across this room right now in Jesus' name. Chapter 2. Debbie jumped to verse 22. Skip one. In, in whom also you are being built together as a dwelling of God in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a pledge of your future, but you have also become the dwelling place, the reality that God lives in us. We, we've all heard and we, we understand that the Holy Spirit has been given. There's, a, there's an anointing of the Spirit that's given to us from, for others, but there's an indwelling Holy Spirit that is there with you every moment of every day, guiding, directing, leading. It's the Holy Spirit that leads you into everything He's called you to do over this season. He lives in you. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come onto somebody and anoint them for, for a purpose or for a particular ministry or a task. But then when the task is done, the Holy Spirit would leave. When Jesus comes and he's baptized and he comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes and remains on Jesus. That act of coming and remaining is what the pledge, the seal accomplishes, is that the Holy Spirit becomes an indwelling, living reality. A person of the Godhead lives in you every moment of every day. You have become the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. That means wherever you go, you're carrying that presence of the Holy Spirit with you. You become the access point whether you're paddle boarding or you're at work, you become the access point for heaven to touch earth. You become the access point because you're the carrier of the presence of God. Remember Jacob's dream. He said, this place is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. Wherever you walk, you're, you're a walking gate of heaven, an access point from heaven to earth. Why? Because you're the dwelling place. He lives in you. Jacob thought it was a place, but it wasn't a place, it was a person. Wherever Jacob fell asleep that night, God was going to show up because it's a person he's after. He's after you. He's after me. Chapter 3. Verse 
16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. If you want to operate in the power of the spirit, you can't have the power of the spirit to release without the power of the spirit in the inner man. It's the power of the spirit in the inner man that prepares us to release the power of the spirit into society. Your inner man is your mind, your will, your emotions. It's understood to be that awareness part of who we are. That part of you needs to encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do a little detour rabbit trail. I like rabbit trails. Most believers struggle because their will is hearing three voices. You're hearing the voice of your thoughts. You're hearing the voice of your emotions. And you're hearing the voice of the Spirit. The challenge is that the voice of your thoughts and the voice of your feelings are suspect. So two-thirds of the information your will is getting is suspect. Why do people make such bad will decisions? Two-thirds of the information impacting that inner man is suspect. The enemy can sow a thought. The enemy can sow a feeling. So how do we overcome that? We need power in the inner man. When you, as an act of your will, pray in tongues, you are strengthening the connection between your will and the Spirit. The more you pray in tongues, the stronger the connection between your will and Spirit becomes. And when that connection is strong enough, your will can actually tell your thoughts to shut up and your feelings to be quiet. You can shut down that two-thirds suspect information and you can live with your will surrendered to the Spirit. And when your will is surrendered to the Spirit, what comes out of you will be life and peace. Derek did an amazing job last week about praying in tongues and the importance of that. This is critical. And this next season of our life, praying in the Spirit a lot. I have several young men that I am mentoring through some struggles in their life and some issues that they've never been able to get victory over. And every morning I receive a text message from them and all that text message is, is a number. It's the number of hours they prayed in tongues yesterday. And we haven't had to do deliverance. I believe in deliverance. We haven't had to do inner healing. I believe in inner healing. They have so strengthened 
their connection between will and spirit that they're no longer tempted by the junk that held them captive. Now, I'm not suggesting I need a number of hours from all of you. But I'm suggesting that if you would begin to add in significant amounts of time, when you're in the car, just use your driving time to pray in the Spirit. Begin to build that strengthening of your inner man because you, when you pow, have power in the inner man, you have power over everything else. You have power over your decision-making and, and your finances and everything come into line because you've surrendered your will to the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would be strengthened in your inner man. If you need that strengthening in your inner man, stand up right now quickly. Holy Spirit, I bless your body right now with a discipline of praying in the Spirit a discipline of inviting your spirit to move in us with such power and presence that our whole life becomes captivated by an awareness of our will surrender to your spirit. The only gift in Scripture that was given to edify you is tongues. Now, there's other uses. There's lots of other uses of tongues, lots of other kinds of tongues. But Holy Spirit, I'm asking for the self-discipline to begin to, by an act of our will, pray in the Spirit on a more regular basis. We declare that in Jesus' name. Chapter 4. being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. The word diligent there means to actually work at or to labor over. Unity doesn't happen because we had a nice kumbaya moment and it felt really good and we're all walking together. Unity happens because there's a unity in the Spirit. There's a fellowship in the Spirit. There's a life in the Spirit. I've been a part of dozens of pastors' prayer meetings over the year. And in about 90% of them, somebody has a conversation with me just before the start of the prayer meeting. It's always somebody seeking to preserve the unity of the body. And they'll come up to me and kind of nudge near me and say, hey, there's Baptists in the room. Would you please not pray in tongues while you're here? We want to preserve the unity of the Spirit. I wonder if why we're having trouble with unity. And I wonder if why tongues is one of the most contested gifts in the body of Christ. Because if the enemy can contest the gift that's to pull us together, he can keep us separated and isolated. The unity of the Spirit. There's one body, one Spirit, verse 4. Just as you were also called in one hope of your calling. One Spirit. 
the priesthood of the believer is a wonderful truth that we're not going to go into this morning, but we're called first to him in salvation and adoption, but we're also called for him. Your calling is to him and for him. We're called to represent him. We're called to represent him with the power of the Spirit and the presence of the Spirit. We're called to carry his love and his compassion, his healing, his deliverance to every corner of this earth. We're called to him. We're called for him. I know a lot of people trying to fulfill their call without the Holy Spirit. But if you're in one body and one spirit, that's where the hope of your call actually lies. The Holy Spirit wants to reawaken the call of God in your life. Circumstances and disappointments and broken relationships and, and, and hurt and rejection, all these things have tried to steal the call of God on your life. This morning, he wants to reawaken that by the power of his spirit. If you need a reawakening of the call of God on your life, stand up quickly right now. Holy Spirit, come move across this room with the power of your presence, the anointing of your spirit. Father, cause us to step up into the fullness of your Holy Spirit. Where we've had questions, where we've had issues, where we've had doctrinal hiccups. Father, I'm praying for a release of your presence and power in this room this morning. Call us back into your calling in Jesus' name. Chapter 5. Do not get drunk with wine. Well, that's dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. There is a challenge for every believer to be filled with the Spirit as an act of obedience to Scripture. I've heard so many people say, well, I got the Holy Spirit at salvation. Well, I did. I was saved when I was three years old. I was addicted to pornography by the time I was 14. When I finally got baptized in the Spirit, I felt the first taste of freedom in my entire life when all that just left. The Spirit I received as salvation for conviction was not transforming my inner man and bringing me into surrender to the Spirit and causing me to live the life God had created me to live. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need more. Then take your finger, point it at you, and say, you need more. <laughs> you need more. Isn't it amazing that in Acts 4, the same people that were at Pentecost are in the prayer meeting in Acts chapter 4 when the Holy Spirit falls again and they're all filled with the Spirit. I Meaning some of those who were there at Pentecost and got it again in Acts chapter 4. What are we afraid of? The invitation at the end today is going to be more. Chapter 6. Hmm. 
Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Derek did such a great job laying this one out last week. God's Word, both Logos and Rhema, are what we fight with. It's the Word of our testimony. It's the blood of the Lamb. It's, it's, it's His Word. How did Jesus fight the enemy in His temptations? The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. We need to know the Word. We need to learn the Word. We need to memorize the Word. We need to let the Word soak down into us so that when we face things, we have a baseline to know how to fight. But then we go to the next verse. And with all prayer and petition, pray when it's convenient in the Spirit. And with this in view... Be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Did I miss something? Pray at prayer meetings at church. Pray when you feel like it. Pray when it fits into your schedule. How do you do at all times. I remember just after I was filled with the Spirit, one of the guys that prayed for me worked in a power plant. And we're just talking after being prayed for. And he kept saying, I don't have a conscious memory of not praying in tongues. I have no conscious memory. I wake up praying in tongues. I go to bed praying in tongues. I have no conscious memory of any time, 24 hours a day, when I'm not praying in tongues. I mean, that thing gripped me. So how do you do that? Well, he said, my job is to sit behind a desk, and every hour through the night, I go up and record the numbers on the dials and then I go sit down at my desk so I just pray in tongues all the time and it captivated how is that possible how is it possible to pray at all times you can't do it in English out loud you can do it by your prayer language internally those guys that text me that number I'm actually looking for a real number of a significant amount of time. Right now, it kind of varies between 30 minutes and three hours. But we're bumping it up. All times. Turn to your neighbor and say, all. Is there anything not included in all? This praying in tongues is real, guys. To be in Christ and to continue positionally in all you've been born into is to pray in the Spirit, to be strengthened in the inner man, and to walk this thing out in obedience. <laughs> and then we came to Springfield and I met Marlene. who does exactly the same thing. Why is that so unusual in the body of Christ? 
why is that so unusual that we have a major instruction that we ignore because it's not convenient or it doesn't fit our schedules hello you want victory over stuff start walking in a discipline of regular praying in the spirit see one of the challenges of this Derek made a comment last week which I, I really appreciate it was a very it's an accurate thing many of us from a Pentecostal heritage now I, I love Pentecostal heritage I'm, I don't have anything against that heritage at all but one of the beliefs in our Pentecostal upbringings was that ton tongues was an ecstatic utterance. What ecstatic utterance means is that the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of your tongue and moves it to make the language, which is why they tarry at the altar. Ah, they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to grab their tongue and move it not put anybody down that's the reality is if that's your belief structure the only tongues that are ever valid is what you speak out loud listen to me carefully the shift to charismatic theology was they spoke as the spirit gave them utterance so it's your will moving your tongue in faith believing that the Holy Spirit is directing the sounds that come out. Now, that doesn't have to be audible, it can be internal. I can bring up this motor anytime I want. Still going. Didn't stop because I stopped. It stopped because I needed to talk. But it's still going. Guys, we need to develop a discipline of continually praying at all times in the Spirit so that the life of God is, being, is strengthening our will and our will is surrendered to the Spirit. And when your will is surrendered to the Spirit, you stop doing stupid stuff. You stop making stupid decisions. You stop spending money where you shouldn't be spending money. You stop it because your will is surrendered to the Spirit of God. Do you need that? I love the book of Ephesians. I love the revelation of Ephesians. I love the way it draws us into fullness of Christ empowered by the Spirit. If you're hungry for more, would you stand up with me right now? And I just invite everybody in this room to do a simple thing right now. Would you just quickly pray and surrender your will to the Holy Spirit? Just make that declaration right now. Holy Spirit, I surrender my will to you.
forgive me where my will has been selfish. Forgive me where my will has been pushed by my thoughts and my feelings. Forgive me that I've let life get in the way of your will at work in me. And I surrender to your Holy Spirit. Now on the basis of that prayer, would you invite the Holy Spirit to come fill you? Just do that right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you to move in every heart across this room, every life across this room with the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. Fill us, Lord Jesus. Fill us, Lord Jesus. Now, I just invite you begin to just receive. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Release your power and your presence across this room. Some of you are beginning to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit on you very strongly. I just want to invite you to come out of your seat and down the front. Just allow him to do even more. Holy Spirit, come. 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 Some of you are feeling real weight in your hands and almost a heat right now in your hands as his anointing just touches you. If that's you, just come right now quickly. Just come and receive. Come and receive. Come and receive. Come and receive. Holy Spirit, come. 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 Father, we thank you for putting a down payment on us. We thank you that you're an engagement ring of promise. We thank you for your power and your glory at work in us. Holy Spirit, come. Fill your people with a fresh wave of your presence and power. If you're down the front, just invite the Holy Spirit to do more. Just invite him to do more. Invite him to do more in you and through you. Invite him to empower you. If you're dealing with some kind of addiction or thing that's held you captive, just begin to pray in tongues right now. And I believe that the breaking down of the influence your thoughts and feelings have had is going to be broken right now as his power works in you, his presence works in you.
of several more that are beginning to just feel the Holy Spirit's presence on you. I'm not a feelings person. I'm actually, uh, I, know, I am a knower rather than a feeler. I'm just not. But I believe there's several more that you just need to right now say, Lord, I want it. Don't fully understand it, but I want it. Just come and join these quickly at the front. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We trust you to do your work. We trust you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If I could have some of the elders just walk through and don't prophesy, just briefly touch, briefly touch, and just release more of his presence and more of his power. Holy Spirit, come. 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 More, Lord Jesus. 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 Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. Father, make us so aware this morning that we're your dwelling place. Make us so aware that you live in us, that you abide in us. Make us so aware that you are the director of who we are. Father, thank you that when we're in Christ, we can be filled with your spirit. And we just receive that with great joy this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. If you're in this room and you've been struggling with some kind of addiction, I don't want to embarrass you, but would you raise your hand real quickly? And I want to pray over you. Holy Spirit, come. Father, I thank you for the work you're doing in this place right now. I thank you for those you're touching, those you're breaking through, those you're releasing. Father, we just ask for the power of the Spirit to touch them so profoundly, so profoundly, that they'll never be the same. So Holy Spirit, come right now and break those things that have held. Break those things that have held us captive in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Release the power of your presence in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's all about you, Lord Jesus. It's all about you, Lord Jesus. It's all about you, Lord Jesus. 
You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy, Lord Jesus. You're worthy, Lord Jesus. Derek, 